TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 366, and I am Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Greg from St. Louis. Hi, this is Kyle from NoReruns.net. Hi, this is Aaron. I'm a TV host, actor, writer, TV, and comic book enthusiast. Hi, I'm David in Los Angeles, and I work in post-production. Yay! Go post! Sorry, that was just me. All right, here we go. In the news, I have that Lady Dynamite has been canceled by Netflix, and nobody cared. That no one knows what that is, and no one probably will. Exactly. I know what it is, but I never watched it. <laughs> I didn't either. Uh, the Walking Dead has been renewed, which isn't surprising. But what is surprising is Gimple has been promoted. I put that in quotes because <laughs> he's been made uh, content overseer of both the walking dead and um fear and angela kang has been promoted to showrunner for the walking dead i put in parentheses mainly because there was a huge campaign to get him fired and so what i feel like happened is they fired him upward uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was my first reaction on reading that news as well yeah like a rocket <laughs> Well, instead of actually firing him and making the fans feel like they have power, they made him the overseer of all content, which means he's not necessarily involved in the day-to-day stories. People were pretty upset about what happened to Carl in the mid-season finale. I mean, it was pretty pretty bad, and the ratings have been consistently going down. Uh, especially considering what happened last season and he lost several million fans from the premiere of last season. And that was his decision. And then at the mid season finale in this season, people lost their minds. So I feel like he's been fired upward. So they take him out of the day to day mix, but he still gets money, I guess. And he's still involved in the show. Say again. Uh, because I thought he was going to come in to rescue Fear. So if he's it, just he's gonna he's still going to be over Fear because he he basically uh, fired and hired a bunch of people for Fear, and they're changing the direction of the show. Like in theory, he's supposed to be in charge of the overall direction of both shows to make sure that crossovers and whatnot happen. But I feel like the network was like, look. We got to do something because everybody's mad and people are threatening to quit watching the shows and we can't afford it because of the ratings. So um, I'm interested to see if it does feel like anything's different. So we'll see. And it's the the change is not going to take into effect until um, next season. And also you got to remember the uh, they got sued because that stuntman died and the courts uh, gave him the maximum penalty, so the network had to pay the maximum amount for his death. So he has a mm. bunch of stuff against him at the moment. Anyway, next piece of news. Uh, George Clooney's show Catch-22 has been picked up for series for Hulu. Uh, I'm not, I know he's executive producing, but I'm not show, sure if he's supposed to be in it or not. Uh, at the the TCAs, they uh, talked about scripted original programs are now at 520 shows in 2018. So if you thought you could watch everything, uh, there are literally not enough hours in the day. Just watch two a day. Watch it two times speed or four times speed. <laughs> and Libya will help you to decide which ones you should are worth watching. That's true. <laughs> I will help you decide that. But I have to give Kyle credit for actually showing me that my TiVo has another mode where I can watch the shows faster, which is extremely useful. Thank you, Kyle. Oh, um, it's definitely useful. I use it on everything. Well, I don't use it on shows I really enjoy, 
But on shows that are just, I'm just kind of watching, I definitely use it. Um, Jillian Anderson has just announced that she's exiting the X-Files and American Gods. So that's pretty big. So she's exiting. That begs the question, why? I don't know. That was was a joke. Oh. Or or maybe not. I, I missed the joke. Thank you. Uh, and Apple has ordered to series a show called C, uh, mainly because it's from the showrunner of Peaky Blinders and the director of something else big that I forgot. And I was just going to read what it was about, and then my internet went down for a second. So I didn't see that, that. Was that the letter C or the word C? S-E-A. S-E-E. Or S-E-E. Yes. Okay. That series. Uh, so Apple is... I have no idea how they're going to deliver their new shows. Like, am I have to going to pay, go to the iTunes store and pay per episode, or is there... I'm assuming they'll have another subscription service like everyone else. Yeah, But they I don't guess. have a whole lot of content is the problem. Well, I think this is the second show. This is show number two that they're producing. I just... Yeah, I'm not excited about it at all. <laughs> Maybe all right. they'll buy... Go ahead. Maybe they'll buy Hulu from uh, from Disney since they'll have, oh, maybe Disney they'll sell off. Is, oh, dude, Disney is trying to buy everything. <laughs> They're not selling anything. <laughs> Disney's trying to buy the world. Okay, so let's move on to the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery, and this is the first episode back since their mid-season hiatus. And uh, this is the episode that... I consider my mind blown, and when I realize that this show has gone from entertaining show that I watch every week that I really enjoy to holy crap, I can't believe this is the storyline, and I now have to re I over the weekend I rewatched the entire show to figure out if they had dropped crumbs. And I also realized that they wrote all the scripts ahead of time, so they are foreshadowing all these plot turns. And I am in. I was in before, but now I'm like doubly in. I really love the big surprises and reveals they had this week. I I guess that they were in the mirror universe, but what I didn't guess was like I thought Tyler PTSD was just PTSD. Well, I thought maybe they had put like some sort of code word and made him a sleeper agent, maybe. But what it turned out to be was not what I was expecting at all. Uh, what did you guys think? Well, yeah, I was like right out of the gate. As soon as I saw it directed by Jonathan Frakes, I was like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and then, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, the stuff that they're revealing at some point though, Ash is going to end up in Lorca's office and there's a triple in there. Oh, and, and the triple's going like, to go nuts. And that's going to, and that's going to give him away. You think that's gonna? You, that is your prediction? How Tyler gets busted? Is well, either that or Saru's like ganglia that keeps popping out. <laughs> <in> the room. <laughs> uh, David, your thoughts? David? Um, I thought it was great. I, I loved to see the fact that there was a big twist um, in this episode, and you know, I was involved and invested in the. Uh, the 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 be, from the beginning of the season, I had you know, uh, I guess high expectations, and they met them, and now I'm interested to see where they're going to go uh, with with some new things that they're opening up, and I it's interesting to hear that they wrote the whole thing in advance, so uh, sounds very cool. So, did you guys guess who uh, Tyler is? He's not just no. programmed, Aaron. Wait, do, Aaron, do you watch it? I don't, but you guys have now sold me on it, so I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to well, well, you won't know what we're talking about yet, so I, so since you don't know the characters, so the big twist is that Tyler is Voke, and I was like, "Whoa, how did that happen?" And and someone's like, "Oh, he's been missing for a while." I was like, "Yeah, he's been missing," but I didn't really notice he was missing. Until this episode where I was like, oh, so he's been here the whole time and we didn't know. That's fantastic. Like all of that 
those those moving pieces, the fact that they had all those moving pieces going at once and they knew ahead of time there's all these there's something about uh Volk's eye gets hurt and if you look at Tyler, his eye is hurt in the same place or something. There's like all these little things and little bits and just even the flashes and the things that Laurel says once you understand the twist are amazing. And so now what I'm waiting for is the big reveal about what's going on with Lorca and Burnham. Like Lorca's like weirdly obsessed with her and where does that come from and where is that going and what does that all mean? And now because of this, I'm a hundred percent sure that whatever the reveal is for that is going to be fantastic. Uh, any other thoughts before we move on? Okay. Well, I was a Go little, ahead. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was a little um, um, kind of concerned about, you know, when they did the wire, when they showed the wireframe version of the Defiant, mm-hmm. uh, I was kind of concerned about, you know, Canon and the wireframe version of the Defiant, the Constitution class uh, Starship looks different. So I'm, so there's speculation out there. It's like, are, are they, going to make the constitution are, are they going to kind of rewrite some lore and make the constitution class ships like look a little different or are they going to try to explain something as to why they look different i'm not really sure and so i think the the diehard star trek fans are kind of kind of you know a little uneasy about what to maybe revealed with regards to that i don't think i care that much because you showed me the difference it's very minute it's not big enough that i would consider it a concern i'm curious but i'm well, not people are concerned saying that it's, it's, people are saying that it's reflecting more of a jj abrams sort of possible constitution class and so could this be you know set in this in the jj abrams star trek universe versus the one that they already came- they already oh. talked about it at the beginning of the show. They said they are not in the J.J. Abrams universe. They said that okay. very clearly. So I don't think you need to be concerned about that. Vulcan is not going to get blown up in a minute. They they did something with Tilly this episode that was oh, wonderful. Yes. Because I was so like, eh, that was my least favorite character. And now she's just become uh, uh, more, much more interesting. So, Captain uh, Tilly! <laughs> Yeah, they've really developed her into an interesting character. First, she was sort of comic relief, and now she has definitely taken her place as a main character. I definitely thumbs up with that. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Runaways, and this was the season finale. At least I believe it was the season finale. It was episode 10. And they finally fulfill the name of the show and run away. I was like, thank you. Um, it's about time. It is about time. But I do think that the circumstances that they built up to definitely would leave these kids to run away. Like, they're they, they are definitely in danger. Um, Jonah, they like, they're afraid he might kill them. Justifiably afraid. Uh, so all that stuff works pretty well. And they are definitely a team now. I I like that they have gone from where they were at the beginning of the season, where they hadn't talked to each other in years, to where they're a really tight-knit team. They might have some awkwardness to them, but everybody has gelled pretty well. And I really like the parents' journey as well. Like, the parents themselves are all ready to fight Jonah to keep their children safe. So... All of these developments are good. It's a really good finale. Yeah, see, the the one thing I'm nervous about, like, I liked it so much with the parent storyline and the kid storyline. Right. Now that they've run away, even though that's the name of the show, I'm like, how are they going to get them all back together and back in the same <laughs> action again? Because I really enjoyed that, the, the first season. So, I, I like, I've never read the comics, so I don't know with the premises moving on once they have run away, but I'm a little nervous for season two. Well, the show, now that I've seen season one, the show spends way more time with the parents than the comics did. Uh, the comics were pretty much 90% from the kids perspective. Uh, but they ran away much earlier in the comics. I do like that this version. Now that I, I it took me a while to be like, why aren't they running? 
But um, I do like that we spend a lot of time with the parents because the parents are really interesting. I agree with you. I don't know if I need the parents and the kids to be back together, but I do like all the parents working together. I think that could be really cool for season two. Yeah, and it went in an interesting direction. I was expecting the parents to be like the villains the whole time. And then they bring right. in Jonah, who's like the real villain. And now you're actually rooting for the parents to take out Jonah, even though before they were the evil ones that were like murdering people. Right. Yeah, I think this is a really good twist. Any other comments on Runaways? I I um, thought, sorry. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Um, <clears throat> I really, you know, was lukewarm about the show. I wanted to watch it because it was Marvel, but I didn't really find the characters that engaging or that, you know, um, interesting to me initially. Uh, they just didn't feel like they were cohesive. And I think they've done a lot to, to remedy that. I think they're, the characters are more interesting and they've, like you said, they've become a unit and I like that. So I'm, I'm happy to, to continue to, I mean, I'll give any show, uh, especially a Marvel show, a, a while to see if it develops. And uh, but now I'm happy to to go on to watch uh, season two. Nice, Aaron. Yeah, you know, I I enjoyed this episode. I'm glad it was kind of a slow burn until we got to the point where they did run away because I feel like we got to know them, um, all of the characters, the parents, and see the different perspectives of everything. Um, only thing with this episode that. Um, I didn't really get into it was just um, the fight scene at the beginning. Um, oh, okay. Carolina and Jonah. I just feel like it, it was a little bit lackluster. Well, they uh, cut it off. We didn't get to actually see the whole fight. Yeah, but I would like to have either seen a little bit more or just go to see them both glowing and then the big explosion and um, not see, you know, actually what happened. Um, so that that was like, okay, the battle didn't do anything for me, but I like what happened afterwards with watching the kids try and figure out what do we do? Do we go back for her or don't we? And I liked the conflict that they set up. So I think it was well-written, and I think that it made all of the characters believable. I believe that they were all teenagers and thinking as teenagers do. Um, so I thought that that was really um, great. And I think that's one great thing about the show is that, um, but yeah, just the battle scene at the beginning left me a little bit lukewarm. And I felt like, even though the parents were a bit aghast that, oh my gosh, Jonah may kill our kids, but I would have liked to have just seen somebody step to the plate. Thank just you. Just Sorry. to say, this is my kid. I'm, you're not going to hurt him or do something? Yeah, none but... of them moved against Jonah at all. They were all so afraid of Jonah that even when their kids were in danger, they all didn't do anything, stayed in check. And, yeah, I thought that was odd. And that bothered me. So I was like, I would rather have seen Carolina glow and Jonah glow, and then we get a big explosion so nobody had time to do anything. Uh -huh. Um you know, but I mean, otherwise, other than that, I love the episode and it definitely drew me in. And I was like, please don't leave old lace behind. Don't leave old lace behind. <laughs> leave the dinosaur in the dumpster. And, and the dinosaur went with us. Like, okay, good. <laughs> I was actually really impressed with that dinosaur because it looks like, yeah. like sometimes CGI, it's like really bad. But I think it some of like that's that an really animatronic, tronic, like a like a robot. Like, I, I feel like. I think it's half CGI and half mm -hmm. animatronic. But even it felt like real. Like you, yeah. it really felt like it was there and they're interacting and right. it, like I like how in one scene, like when they're getting shot at, like they're all ducking behind the car and you see the dinosaur <laughs> ducking behind the car as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. All right, we're gonna say thumbs up for Runaways. Nice. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk. Uh, this is us and it's back from its fall hiatus and this episode was basically the fallout from the big three episode so it and it, but it's a time jump so the last thing we saw was uh kevin got arrested for dui and now we time jump a month of him being in rehab and he gets his big family visit and they basically deal with the issue that we've seen all season long, which is that each one of the parents pretty much had a favorite, which left Kevin out in the cold. And he's not wrong that his parents gave more attention to the other kids. Um, 
but does it necessarily lead lead to alcoholism and abusive pills and stuff that uh, i don't know i mean there are plenty of middle children who don't get all the attention of the parents and don't become you know crazy uh but i did like that they all talked about it was a matter of perspective as well where from his point of view he was absolutely ignored but his siblings and his parent and his mom remembered it a little different um, and then they had that great moment where the mom doesn't want to admit that her husband was an alcoholic because she was like, well, I'm not going to talk about that negative side of him because I wanted his, my kids to remember all the positives, but there is wisdom in talking to your kids. If you know that alcoholism runs in the family, talking to them about it and warning them about it is very valuable. So I think that was more of an issue than I got more or less attention. All right. Your thoughts, guys? I thought um, that it was a really well-written episode and it felt very real to me. I like that they dealt with the addictive uh, uh, nature of different characters. And I thought that it was believable to me that she would, that, that, um, what's her name? Uh, uh, Manny Moore's character, the, uh, the mother would, not want to dis- divulge that because she wanted to protect the kids and right. didn't think about the fact that it would have been more helpful in some ways. And I thought that, uh, you know, all those things could manifest and it, and it showed, you know, seeing Kate young and the, the issues she, she was dealing with and then seeing her older and the relationship with, uh, um, what's his name? Toby, uh, Toby, you know, how those things come up. I, I just think it really ties things together well, and I think it's very realistically written, and, and I'm just enjoying it, and I, and I want to see more. Yeah, agreed. Anyone yeah, else? No, Go ahead. Yeah, how you guys talked about, actually, a combination of both of what you guys talked about, where it's the perspectives and then also the realism of the way they wrote it. I like, like, in, usually in these shows, they'll say, like, like the mother said, oh, I could have sworn I... I was I gave you attention and everything and like in any other show you'd get oh and here's the exact example I remember off the top of my head but we get to see the moment where she goes and lies on the floor with him and and comforts him but she doesn't necessarily remember that exact moment to recount it as evidence like to talk to him and she can't think of anything yeah i thought that was pretty so i thought that was really good because it's more realistic rather than like everyone doesn't have the didactic memory where they remember every little thing that ever happened in their in their in their life right Uh, and then the the other thing i really enjoyed of this episode was the whole like in-law bonding group that was going on right at the same time because like you never get to see their side of this whole big family drama and it was good, especially, um, uh, my mind just went blank. Uh, the, the guy, uh, the, the new what's his husband, name? his wife, his wife, uh, there. Cause she's, she's like upset. She's not accepting like Kevin, like, Oh, oh he just apologized. Yeah. And so, um, like they're not, uh, like it's good to hear them be able to just let it out their point of view. Cause we don't typically get to see that point of view. Yeah. And they're all like bonding with each other and a support group for each other. Yeah, I thought yeah, that was great too. I yeah. I loved seeing them together in a room. Yeah, that was great. I love this show. I mean, I, I it gets. I was gonna say it doesn't get enough accolades, but it does get a lot of accolades. <laughs> but I mean, when it's time to get an awards, everybody is like Handmaid's Tale or Game of Thrones or stuff like that. And this show is a much quieter show. But the writing is so good on it that every week I'm blown away. And if I'm not crying, I'm like, well, I guess that was a slightly, that was a happy one that I didn't cry at the end of it. Uh, But overall, definitely thumbs up. If you guys are not watching This Is Us, what is wrong? All right. (laughs) Next up, I'm going to talk about Counterpoint. Did anyone see the pilot other than me? Yeah, I did. Okay, cool. That's great. All right, so... What I the the thing that actually got me my attention for this was on the Golden Globes. Uh, they were like, J.K. Simmons has a new show called Counterpoint. And I was like, What? How have I not heard of this? So I went out and found it, and it's really interesting. It's basically the closest thing I would say is that it's like Fringe with the whole alternate universes thing, where they have a doorway where you can step between the universes. And apparently, there was some experiment that happened in World War II 
that created a door and they built this top secret building around the door and people can they can exchange messages and information between the two universes the thing that's really interesting is jk simmons character can go uh well the one we're spending time with is just this really like timid guy who's basically at a secretarial level and he has the same job he's had the same job for like 15 20 years and he's never moved up and he has ambition but he doesn't really know what to do with it and he's basically a mild-mannered guy but he works in this top secret facility but he doesn't even know what they do at the facility nothing and then along comes his alternate universe version who's the top assassin spy guy like his so his his alternate universe they started at the same place at the company, but the other version of him got promoted, moved up, blah, blah, blah. But in one universe, he's happily married to his wife. And in the other universe, he's not. And basically what choices he made. And there's some weird intrigue with an assassin, and I don't understand what that's about yet. Uh, but it's a really tight pilot in that it gives you all these pieces you don't know what they all mean exactly, but you really want to find out. So I think that's a great way to do a pilot. What did you think? I, I loved it. I, I thought it was uh, a little out of type for J.K. Rowling or J.K. Simmons, sorry, Rowling. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I lo- I think he did a great job, and I'm sure it was a lot of fun for him. And you know, it's just it's it's that um, duality of inner nature that's interesting to see where the same person through different circumstances can be two different, completely different people. And then to get to see them interact with each other is, is fun too. Oh, right. So I, they had the, the, the meeting and they were like, okay, tell me everything I need <laughs> to know. Um, yeah. How they, how they treat each other is just, or how they react to each other is just, it, you know, it's great. So right. I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of it. And I also really like that last scene when they're both decompressing and they're basically doing the exact same thing to decompress. I thought that was mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, but obviously he's lying about the, the alternate universe version of JK Simmons is lying about a bunch of stuff that we don't know what he's lying about yet. Well, we know he's lying about his wife because we saw, he told everybody his wife was dead in the other universe and we see her and she's very much alive. So he was lying at least about that. And I was pretty sure he was lying about a lot of other stuff. So I have no idea what's going on yet. And I think it's great. So thumbs up for me. I can't wait. I need more episodes, which I think the next group of episodes keeps because they did the premiere in December, but the rest of the season drops next week, I think. So it says uh, the 28th or the 21st. I thought. Oh, 21st. I think it is the 21st. Yeah. Yeah. So thumbs up for me. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Electric Dreams. And I only saw the first episode with. Anna Panquin and, Ron, oh, good Lord, what's his name? Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard, thank you. So it's basically it's basically Black Mirror, but not as well written. So it's the same idea and concept, which it's, it's, it's an anthology, a sci-fi anthology with all these futuristic stories that have really uh, bizarre, interesting endings. And they definitely have a good cast, like, the the acting for Terrence Howard and Anna Penkin was great. Like they were both really good. It's just I got to the end of the story and I was like, really? That's how you're ending your story? That's not that interesting. Uh, and yeah, there was no real mystery to it. It just laid there flat at the end. I wasn't really impressed by the storytelling. Yeah, uh, I found I found it pretty much the same thing with I'd say ninety nine percent of the episodes. Like oh, you watched them end... all, right? Yeah, I end up watching them all, and I'm not really sure why. I think it was mainly because of the amazing cast. Like, just because I was like, oh, that one has Brian Cranston. Let me try that one. And like, oh, that has that. Let me try that one. But, I, I mean, it looks really great, and it sounds really great on the Amazon 4K app. But, uh, it like, the quality of the writing is definitely not up to par compared to Black Mirror. I think it's so evident when you just pick any episode and watch it. Like, they just seem to just to end and not really have like that great of a story or it's a very familiar story that we've seen a a bunch of times. I I agree. Especially just, I've only seen one, but the one I saw did not impress me at all. Uh, Go ahead. I have a question. The comparison to black mirror, is it, is it 90% 
because there aren't any other shows. Are there any other shows that do that kind of, uh, you know, vignettes, uh, short stories? Not well, like sci-fi. The... Yeah, because these are more sci-fi vignettes. Yeah, it's more futuristic sci-fi. Most of them have pretty bleak endings. Right. <laughs> like, like it's a bleak... The future is not very bright in a lot of these, so... Right. But are there uh, other shows that have that have a similar format? Not that I, oh, I mean, I mean not say, since like, Our Twilight Limits. Yeah. Shows that are current, I mean. No. No. These yeah, are... so I think it's... I think it's, you know, it's good that they're doing something else that could be good like that if it's not up to the par of the other ones. You know, I, I, I'm disappointed, well, I just, but... I feel like it's I'm... a waste, though, because they they got they went out of their way and got top-notch actors, but the stories are not worthy of the actors, I don't believe. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, I agree. Well, I wonder how much of it was the original uh, Philip K. Dick uh, short stories and how much of it was re- rewritten or, you know, changed. That I don't know. That I don't know. Because I, lo- I loved all his, his writing, almost all of his writing, when I read the books. But, um, you know, I'll, I, haven't, I haven't seen this one yet, so I'll have to, to, to watch it and see if I remember any of the stories that it comes from. Okay. All right, well, let's move on. I don't like, you know, I don't like to just beat on a show till it's, you know, beating a dead horse. So, uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Good Place, and it was its return or uh, wait, no, it's it came back an episode before. But this episode was mainly about okay, we're gonna go to the good place now, uh, because they were all by themselves and they had a window to escape. And then you find out that um, Michael was lying, sort of like he didn't actually have a way for them to get to the good place. He had been trying to figure it out and he was stalling. So this episode was basically Michael stalling to try to distract them while he tried to figure out how to get to the good place. And at the end of the day, he had to admit he didn't know. I think he was less, less trying to, you know, deceive them than he was failing at being a good guy, you know, which he was, (laughs) he's actually trying to start doing now to try to be human. And, and when he gets, you know, accolades of you're, you're almost human now, you know, he kind of likes that, I think. Uh, But uh, he's just, he's not a good human yet. So, um, no, he, I, I, I don't out. think he was being evil in the stall. I think he generally just didn't want to tell them. He didn't want to disappoint them and tell them he didn't right. know how to do it. Right. It was from a place that is more human than a than a demon would be. Like he's just trying to torture them by no, you know right. not telling. Something. It ended up torturing them, which was pretty amusing well, yeah. to watch. Exactly. I, I thought it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, because it's it's now he's. There he's Michael is on team you know whatever team good place or whatever and uh, they're all trying to uh, help each other and fighting against other things in the uh, in the in the universe or whatever in the uh, in the bad place rather than he's sort of on one side uh, and they're on the other um, and I liked there were actually some fairly fairly poignant moments between the characters too about recalling their relationships and especially like Chidi and and. Uh, uh, Eleanor. What's her name? Eleanor. Uh, you know, I thought uh, it brought up some nice, nice moments and kind of moved the story in a different direction, which I'm curious to see how they're, where they're going to go now. Well, I actually am uh, looking forward to next week. Looks like it's going to be like a heist because they're they have to sneak. They have to go to the bad place, sneak through, get to the judge and try to convince the judge to listen to their case. I mean, I'm not looking forward to a court case, but I'm looking forward to. How the heck are they going to sneak through the bad place? I think that will be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Plus, we haven't really seen the actual bad place yet. Well, we've always seen, like, Michael's office in the bad place. (laughs) And that's it. So I'm curious to see what sneaking through the bad place looks like. I think that'll be fantastic. So thumbs up for me. This show has been firing on all cylinders this season. And last season, so... You know. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering what kind of big twist they're gonna throw at us at the end of in a few weeks when this ends and like how are they gonna shake things up going into the next season? I have no I I think this guy's mind is like a jumbled mess. <laughs> I have no idea how he comes up with this stuff, but I'm loving it. Alright. Uh next up we're gonna talk about magicians. So Greg, did you see magicians? Yes, I sure did. Okay, let's start off with you because you haven't talked in a while. Uh, so with Magicians, this was the premiere of season three, and the big deal is they don't have any magic, uh, except for, what's her name, Julia's the only one with a tiny touch of magic, 
And it's them running around trying to figure out how they're going to get magic back. And at the end of the day, apparently there's going to be a quest. And who doesn't love a good quest? Uh, so, Greg, what did you think of the episode? Um, <clears throat> well, I was kind of confused about one thing. Is that if if magic is supposed to be gone, then how is the guy who's the traveler, how is he still able to travel? Ah, I wondered the same thing because I didn't. Yeah, know. isn't he supposed to be using magic <laughs> to do that? Or I know, think that's so... his ability because he doesn't do a spell. He just can do it, and he actually has to do a spell to keep himself from doing it. Is that right? Aaron, help me out. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. But yeah, uh, um, Penny, I think the only reason why he still has magic is because he's connected to the library. Oh, and okay, maybe. And the contract that he signed. So I think that's why he still has the ability to travel in and out. But it seems like he always winds up having to return back to the library. Um, but because of the supernatural cancer he has, it's taken a toll on him. Um, and it's eventually just said that there is no no cure. Of course, we know there probably will be. But as of right now, um, there isn't. So I think that's why Penny still has the ability to go in and out. Right. Um, just well, I think library connection. I- I think he has to go back to the library because the time doesn't move there. And if he stays right. in the, right. the present, he's going to use up the little time he has left yes. until they can figure out how to cure him. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah, I wondered the same thing as you guys. Like, how's he, how's he jumping around without magic? Yeah, I thought that too. Only thing I'm going to say is this episode felt a little slow to me. And I was like, man, were all magician episodes as slow? Uh, I mean, I liked, by the time I got to the end of the episode, I liked what happened, but I did feel like everything was moving at half pace or something. Yeah, it's because you weren't watching it uh, spit up on the TV. (laughs) (laughs) You got so used to watching it at fast speed. (laughs) It happens to me, believe me. I... I I was really impressed by that whole interaction, that conversation between Elliot and Margot, where they were just throwing out like pop culture references. Oh, like, that was fantastic! That was I lost that. Brilliant. Yes. And I like that they had translations because there were a couple of the references I didn't get, and so I was like, "Oh, what's the translation?" Like, right. I thought that was fan. That was so great. That was so was great. So and creative. I- and I, I was scared that I actually got almost all of the things. <laughs> I like. I watch way too much TV and I'm understanding this conversation. Oh, but I mean, they started off with Game of Thrones. They were like, is she Cersei? They're like, she's such a sister. No, no, she's more like Cersei. Oh, you mean she's smart? Oh, okay. Like, uh, all of that was great. That was so good. That was, yeah. that was definitely the my favorite part of the episode. Thank you for bringing I that up. I watch that scene just because it was so good. Yeah, oh, that was it was fine. brilliantly done. The actors, I thought, did a phenomenal job um, in the way it just flowed naturally. So I thought that that was so good. Every all of the for me, this episode, all of the fillery moments were my favorite moments in the show. Um, right down to the bunnies. I was like, bunnies! Oh, the right. Little, the, little <laughs> the only ones that could make it down to the earth to deliver a message. So I liked all of those little oddities um, that seemed to stem from fillery. So those were all my favorite moments. I'm like, they, they were calling the fairies. It seemed like they were a bug invasion. So I, I was really enjoying all of those moments i felt like it slowed down a little bit for me with um quentin and julia because i guess you know it has to rev up and you know get into motion so it slowed down for me in those moments um but so i'm yeah. not crazy okay cool yeah no, it, it was slow i was like okay can something please happen <laughs> exactly <laughs> something please <laughs> give me a butterfly man again or something because it's like it needs- <laughs> here but um but yeah but all of the fillery moments i i i just love the 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 two uh actors that um play um this hail appleman and um i'm sorry forgetting her name um but them together uh, as the king and queen of fillery i think that they're my yeah, favorites they're fantastic on the show. so thumbs up uh good premiere overall all right um next up i want to talk about happy which is Chris Maloney's uh, new show. It's been, it's, I think we're on episode five, and the premise is basically that his daughter he didn't know about gets kidnapped by Santa Claus, who's a serial killer, well, a serial kid kidnapper, um, for some nefarious purpose that we don't know. He ends up with a code that everybody wants to kill him for, and his daughter's imaginary uh, horse slash pegasus purple thing 
uh, goes to get Chris Maloney to help rescue her. So now Chris Maloney can see it, and he thinks he's crazy, but he's not crazy because the thing is real and helps him out. And he has taken a nice, cute, uh, imaginary horse and corrupted it and shown it the dark, seedy side of adulthood, and it can't unsee it. And so the show is a very dark humor sort of place, but I love it. I am not 100% sure of what's going on, what they're doing with the children, why the serial killer guy is teaching them in classes and feeding them cake. He's fattening them up for something. Probably not good. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what's happening, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah, I, I have no clue what's happening. Like, I didn't understand why that, like, the serial killer guy somehow is connected to both Santa and the and the crime mobster. Lord. Well, they show yeah. that the mobster hired the Santa and Chris Maloney at one point was they were supposed to team up, and he was like, "I don't team up with psychopaths." So they showed them all three together in a flashback. Okay. Yeah, I must have missed that. I, but I, like you said, I, I think it's a lot of fun. Like, it's just over-the-top oh, and violence and absolutely ridiculous, like, how insane it is. It's like, what was that that movie with Jason Statham where he, like... Oh, like a, Crank or something like that? Where he's on a drug the whole time. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's Crank. Yeah. Oh, Crank. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's almost like that, where it's just like absolutely psycho the whole time, and you like it just moves at a quick pace. Oh yeah, I think what they should I think what they should have done since it all takes place around Christmas. As I was watching it today, I was thinking this would have been much better if they just like had it all bingeable like right around Christmas, so you could oh, watch, watch it the whole right thing. Because yeah, it season. does feel weird. I mean, it premiered around Christmas, so when she gets kidnapped by Santa Claus, you're right in the Christmas mood. But now Christmas is pretty much over. So it's kind of weird that there's a Santa Claus running around still kidnapping children. Um, yeah. And feeding the children lots of cake to fatten them up for some hypothetical thing that we don't know what it is. Uh, but I do like that uh, when when Chris Maloney goes to talk to his ex-wife and he's like, hey, I'm coming to help you find the daughter and she and she's like, every time you come, trouble happens. He's like, that's an exaggeration. And then like all these assassins come in through the windows. Like as soon as she you got ninjas that. with like hatchets. Like <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. I was like, really, dude? Like, come on. It was like four guys came in and they had to kill them all, and it was just like blood everywhere. And, and he just like, tells him to get out, and there's like dead bodies. Like she's got to clean all this stuff up now. Well, she does call <laughs> like, the police and have them do it, but it was crazy. I was just like, wow. Um, and and then he's like, fine, I hate this, and he tells Happy to go away. But then he uh, then he wants Happy to come back, and I'm like, I'm not sure how that works. So now Happy is MIA. We don't know what happened to him. Uh, but he's definitely going to need Happy to figure out where the girl, where Haley is. And maybe Happy went off to go find her and then bring him. But Happy seems to not know how to do directions. Like, he doesn't necessarily... Like, if he finds something, he can't necessarily bring you back to what he found. He's a terrible guide. Uh, But the actor doing the voice is hilarious. So it's really funny and disturbing and violent and fantastic, and you should watch it. (laughs) I think if you watch the first episode, you'll know whether it's for you or not. That's true. That's true. There's not... It's not for everyone, definitely. No, it is definitely not. It's not. very violent. Oh, oh, your comments. Are you up to date, David? No, I'm behind. Oh, okay. Uh, it's great, though. I'm I'm really enjoying it. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about nine one one. And I know Greg saw this. So, what did you think of the second episode? Did it live up to the first? Um, for me, no. Um, oh. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it. I guess just one part didn't live up uh, for me, and that was the whole like roller coaster scene. Okay. Because I'm like watching it, and the roller coaster is like moving, and then the thing opens up, and the guy flies out. But then the very next scene, it's like stopped upside down, and I was like, "What? When did that happen?" Um, well, I'm, uh, su- I'm I- assuming oh. they stopped the roller coaster after well, the dude fell out. But why would they stop yeah, it with them upside they down? Stop the roller coaster like upside down. That just doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, because it adds more excitement to the show. <laughs> 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 um, but you know, all the drama parts I thought were really good, and uh, just 
you know, these characters that we have with the, the 911 operator, um, you know, and, and just, you know, kind of as they go into their thinking and, and the times that, you know, they're really trying to help save lives. And then they just uh, sometimes uh, people slip away. I thought all of that was just really good. Well, I thought so I'm, it gonna, was... I'm definitely go going to continue. I thought it was really interesting and slightly weird that the nine one one operator had a crush. I mean, I guess he's cute. Uh, had a crush on that guy and was like calling him, and he did turn her down in a really cool way. I have to give him credit for that. For a guy who's a dog, he uh, he basically was like, "I value our friendship, so I don't want to sleep with you." Um, so I actually thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, and I liked the relation. Oh, and then it ended with the, with the cliffhanger, uh, where the, uh, cop, she gets home and her daughter's like taking all these pills. And I guess we're supposed to assume it has to do with her parents issues and they just didn't talk to their kids well enough. I guess. I don't know. Teenagers. Oh, are yeah, weird. I assume it's cause she's embarrassed about her, her father or something. I don't know. I mean, teenagers something. have all kinds of issues and he's trying to figure out what it is in particular that is blowing them up. I, I guess it's the dad. It might be the divorce. I'm not sure, but I guess we're supposed to assume it's the dad, uh, which will make the relationship will strain that relationship even more. Um, I'm assuming the... Oh, and they showed in the preview, one of the firemen has, like, a friggin' pole in his head. And I was like, <laughs> uh, does that mean he's not gonna be on the show anymore? Because I like no, him. No, because he's, like he's, like, one of the recognizable actors on the show. So yeah, I, I like him, but how are they gonna get a pole out of his forehead? I know. Like, <laughs> I, see, that was... Like, I thought this was gonna be way more procedural than it was. I didn't realize it was, um, Falchuk and Murphy who were doing this. And, like, that's where definitely like the pull through the head and that kind of stuff is definitely them like the over the top like ridiculous stuff but i was really impressed at how much how character driven this is because i thought it was going to be like hey here's our big rescue of the week where they threw like through like four three or four of them in this one episode right so they just do them quick and you don't necessarily see the whole thing like they're using it more as a vehicle to move the character story along which i which appreciate I think, yeah yeah which was really good i agree it's it's a better show that i thought i mean it had a good cast but i was afraid it was going to be much more episodic than it is so i'm really enjoying it so thumbs do you up. think that the go ahead do you think that the uh, uh they're doing that more or i mean because like i'm thinking of uh flashpoint or you know chicago fire or stuff like that where it's rescues and and you know situations that Tense situations, but you really learn more about the characters um, as a B story. Anyway, do you think it's more like that, or or less like? Is it more character driven than some of those shows? I, I think, think it's. I would say so. Yeah, I, I think, think so. I think the the rescues and those things are really like almost the B story at times right. because it's just a a vehicle. Like this one explored a lot about the new uh, fire guy. Uh, overcoming his fear after losing his first like rescue and so then he's put in a few other situations where he has to confront that fear and and try to overcome that fear i mean i love flashpoint and flashpoint did do some character stuff but this show is much more character driven than even flashpoint so i I like it Uh, i can't comment about chicago fire or whatever i didn't i don't watch that one yeah, okay. yeah, for me though, it's drawing a lot of parallels with Rescue Me. I was a big fan of Rescue Me when it was on, and so I'm just kind of wondering how they're going to be different than uh, the storytelling of a bunch of firefighters in New York City. Well, I think the because Den- they're they're Dennis dealing Leary with or yeah, that's the Dennis Leary one. Yeah, but I think mm-hmm. that they're not just because we're dealing with the 911 operator and seeing her perspective, and we have a cop and we're seeing it from the cop's perspective. They've spread it out a little. So it's not just the firemen. So I think that that's that's what, and I liked how they show them working as a team. That it shows that not just one division can get it done. It's all of them working together. I think that's pretty cool. It yeah, usually uh, it takes a cro- crossover event to do that. Yeah, exactly. And yep. this show does it every week. So okay, let's move on. I want to speed this up a little bit. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about two more episodes of Black Mirror. Just the last two that I want to talk about. Which one we're going to talk about? Hang the DJ, which everybody on the internet was talking about. I'm like, oh my god, Hang the DJ is the best episode ever. 
And don't get me wrong, it's fantastic. It's a really good episode. Um, I think I, people are just happy to finally get one that's not all bleak. That's true. <laughs> I that's, mean, yeah. That's what the love is for. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I there's this moment where one of them is like, do you ever think that we're just in a simulation and blah, 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 blah. She's like, oh, no, that's crazy. And I was with her. I was like, oh, no, that's crazy. And then it's absolutely you know, the case, which is in retrospect makes a lot of sense. Like once you get to the end of the, of it, it totally works. Um, but it was really like, there's a sad middle. I mean, yeah, it gives you a happy ending, but that point in the middle, like after he screws up and, and checks the watch or checks the clock without telling her and it splits them up. And then they both go on this like downward dive or spiral Oh, that was so depressing and sad and everything. Uh, but it does end on a happy note. So that's that's the fantastic part of it. Uh, I, th- I think it's, so- ni- it's nice that, that at least one of those did have that happy ending. And it wasn't, you know, it, it led you uh, back and forth a little bit and, and didn't guarantee that you're going to have that happy ending. Oh, right. Um, yeah, because like I said, that middle was very depressing. Yeah. I, I did see something when she said that, when she said something about a simulation I was thinking but I didn't think it would be necessarily that way but I thought yeah it, maybe they're just all not real characters they're all just not real people they're just characters in a simulation or something but that yeah, but what would be the point of that like I couldn't figure out what would be the well, point well that's what I'm saying is it would be that and then who would be controlling it and why that would be a whole other part of the story okay. that we, would be revealed but that wasn't it but it was good I liked it any other thoughts uh, nope yeah, it was great. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> All right. And then uh, the last one I want to talk about is Black Museum. Um, this was the last episode. And what I really liked about it is if you were paying attention to all the other episodes, there were items in the museum that were directly from the episodes you just watched. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. And I think there were some items from earlier seasons as well in the museum. So... I thought that was pretty awesome uh, detail. Um, And I like that as the story gets told in the museum, as the guy is explaining what the different items are, like each story he tells, each one is like more depressing than the last story. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that as it unfolds, I was kind of like, wait a minute, like this dude is the jerk in this story. Like he keeps making, as he's telling the stories, he's saying it like, the person he's talking about is the terrible person, but you're like, wait a minute, this is dude. This one dude is the common denominator and he's a pretty terrible person. Cause he's the one who keeps suggesting this to people, whatever the different things are. So what do you guys think of, of the episode? I thought this one was, uh, not my favorite actually. Really? Um, I, I liked some of the things they did, like the callbacks, you know, the, 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 the things placed in the background of the other episodes, but, um, I thought it was a little, it was way too telegraphed or it was somewhat too telegraphed for me. I thought he didn't seem like a good guy at all to me. He you know, I didn't, that didn't feel like a shift or like you were oh, learning no. something else. And, I mean, he never came off as a good guy. Um, but you don't realize how terrible he is until each, as each story is told, it's like he gets revealed to be more and more terrible. Yeah, I guess I, I once once they revealed the other room, I knew I think I knew why she was there. I knew what her relationship was, and so that kind of you know it was disappointing to me, but because uh, okay. it kind of played out that way. But uh, yeah, I I didn't ahead. know what was coming, but I this was also near the bottom of my Aww. list for the episodes because I for me it was like. It felt too long. There were like two. There were these three separate stories that were all sort of mashed together to make the one longer story. Because it would break off and then tell the story of invention X, and then it would come back, and then would go and tell the invention Y, and then come back, and then I mean, it tied it all together in the end, but it just seemed a little too long. And yeah, it seemed like they were they were putting piling things up to get to this end where it was going to have the big payoff, and it was like. I, you know, I, I wanted it to seem more organic to get to that payoff, I guess, too. I didn't see it, like, I didn't guess 
what her relationship was to the guy until she's staring when she's staring at him and he's telling the story i was like wait i think she might know him like that's about when i started figuring out she knew him and it started coming together but i didn't really realize what it was until they got behind the curtain and started talking to the guy or whatever started talking about him that's when i started figuring it out but i actually thought that was a good payoff that she set the how she set everything up i thought that Mm -hmm. was pretty cool so i i thoroughly enjoyed the episode any other yeah, thoughts? I, Go ahead. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Um, I sadly I did figure it out as soon as we got to the death row sequence. I said, "Oh, that's probably his kid," and and so that was the only part that kind of took me out a little bit because um, I, I I agree. I don't know who said it, but I felt that only that moment I felt it was a little bit telegraphed because I didn't see where it was going otherwise. But um, I did enjoy it. It wasn't my favorite um, episode of of the series. Um, but I did like the fact of karma. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty cool. In there because I grew to hate this guy with each thing that he did to someone, with each thing that he manipulated and coaxed somebody into choosing to do playing off of their emotions. I wanted him to get it. And so, um, so that was a payoff for me. I knew he was going to get it. I didn't know how, and I was so I have to admit that made me very happy and put the smile on my face when he got it in the end. Um, I thought it was a nice touch, though. She took the monkey with her. Yeah, I thought that was cool. <laughs> I was like, thank you for not leaving the poor woman who got <laughs> taking a picture of her baby uh, <laughs> and her essence put into a monkey. Thank you for not leaving the monkey into the barn. So I, so you know, it wasn't my favorite episode, but there were moments in there that I really, I'm glad that they did it the way they did it. Um, so yeah, I, I give the whole. I, I love Black Mirror anyway, uh, except a couple of episodes in this season. I was like, ugh. But um, otherwise, I, I, I thought it was a nice cap to the entire season. Yeah, I liked the payoff, the the karmic uh, payoff too, uh, but it just felt a little disjointed. Not that I didn't like it at all, but it was not my favorite, that's all. Uh, Greg, did you see it or no? Yeah, I saw it. Um, I thought the last episode was really a callback to the first episode um, because they both had the the theme of if you could copy someone's brain or thought patterns or whatever and put them in a computer or uh, put them somewhere else, um, would that copy of the person uh, still feel pain and desire and all of the things that we do as humans? And so I was kind of looking at it from the, from the philosophic kind of standpoint. I was wondering why these two particular episodes were so similar in that with mm-hmm. basically torturing a, you know, your, your electronic copy of yourself. Um, um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was gratifying with, uh, you know, the, the bad guy getting it, um, in the end, but, um, I don't know, it wouldn't have just been better just to, you know, delete everything and, you know, let everyone rest. Well, I mean, everything else for the most part, I think got deleted except she, like you said, took the monkey, but I had a, they said that they have now in technology, they had a way for her to exist like better than just being able to give like yes or no answers. They had different, Place like I got the impression she was going to move her out of the monkey, you know. So mm. I, that's that's kind of how I felt. Like she was going to have a better life now. So I was okay with that. But I do see your point. They are episode one and uh, this one are somewhat similar if you look at it that way. So, all right, agreed. And uh, last thing we're going to talk about is Agents of Shield. Um, this was the episode where they try to make their big escape. It's called, I think it was called like in it together or not alone. I forgot the title now. Um, together or not at all. Together or not at all. Thank you. Uh, so Everyone's I thought, reunited except for May. Yes. Cause May's on the planet with the weird guy. And I like that. She was like, say Colson's name again. And he was like, Philip J. Colson. And she's like, you're the one who kidnapped us. so i i thought that that was pretty cool um and i i do think that now then of course they all split up at the end and and coles was like what about the whole not splitting up thing and mac was like meh you know in this circumstance need to help this kid so i i thought that that was interesting um 
But I did predict that Cassius was going to kill his brother. Like that was like they telegraphed that from last week, so yeah. that wasn't surprising at all. Uh, I totally and, thought Gemma slit his throat. I, totally I did too. She... I watched it again, and she did slit yeah. his throat. They changed then, it. Oh, he just got like a thing on his face, and I'm like, yeah, what? he got what? his what? face cut. And this week's episode, his face is cut. But in last week's episode, she totally cuts his throat. Oh. Even a, yeah, it's they changed it. So um, I was like, cheaters. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I prefer Cassius over his brother anyway. So I wouldn't want his brother to be the big main bad guy. Because uh, we've come this far with Cassius. I want him to meet a very bad end at the hands of one of our agents. Uh, <laughs> so that, that feels like we were talking about karma before. This is karma. <laughs> Uh, I do hate that um, uh, Daisy doesn't have her powers, though I did like there was a fight and she started to use this is like no powers coming out of my hand. Okay, I just like an idiot. Uh, But she still has her training, so she still got to fight. And that was cool. Um, So they got to figure out a way to get Daisy's powers back. Mm -hmm. That's going to suck. She can't go back to her time and no powers. Now, does she just have a chip like uh, like Gemma had? Gemma had just... no. Gemma had an implant in her ear. Uh, Daisy has one, like it's a a blue light that's behind her ear. It's a that one's connected to her brain. So, so no simple pulling it out. No, you can't just reach in and pull it yeah. out. That would be bad, probably. Um, yeah, and I was like Fitz. I was like Fitz. You don't know anything about this technology. Why? Are I you know. Doing this? <laughs> <laughs> and just holding this thing, you could have like pulled half her brain out. It's like, what are you doing? He put man? like he like put pliers in her ear, and I'm like, right. they tell you not to use a Q-tip in your ear, and this dude's like sticking <laughs> pliers in there. Uh, but I'm like, how did he even know? Because he wasn't there when it was put in. So I was like, how did he know? exactly where it was and how to get it out. Eh, um, let's not worry about that. That's details. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. It's me. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That took me out. Yeah, that was a little silly. But I mean, they couldn't have her deaf for right. the rest right. of the show. So I get why they did it, but it was a little silly. Um, and he got shot and he got shot. And they're like, oh, and he's like on the ground bleeding. And they're like, Oh, um, get some alcohol for the wound. And then, like, the next scene, he's walking around like normal, like everyone else. And I'm like, <laughs> it was just a flesh <laughs> wound. <laughs> just a flesh he wound. He drank the alcohol, too. He I think drank that was the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does. They get, they get away with little stuff like that. Just don't, don't even, just like, don't worry about it. Uh, but I do like that, that when they were in that, uh, they were trapped inside that room. And the guy was like, we'll use our, my anti-grab and we can get out. And he's like, I'll go first. And everybody's like, nope, you are not going first. <laughs> but I didn't understand that scene. Why didn't the kid, the, the kid knows they're not at the other doors, just move all the rocks in front of the wall that they're starting to, oh, uh, that's true. to punch all the holes in. Yeah, he could have done that. That would have just, I mean, it would have delayed them because then they just punched holes in another section of the wall. But uh, they were in the middle of escaping. Didn't have time for all that. Um... But I see your point. Uh, but yeah, I, I overall I enjoyed the episode because now I want to know who are the people down on the planet that know how to survive in gravitational storms and fight off whatever those creatures are. Um, well, one of them was the grown-up Robin, right? Yeah, the yes, little girl. They showed her holding that that bird thing. Right. Yeah. So yeah. she's because it's supposed to be what is it ninety seventy years in the future. 74 years he slept for, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so now she's 70 whatever, and she's like, I've waited a long time to talk to you guys again. And I was like, technically speaking, you didn't talk to them in the first place, but okay, sure. <laughs> um, so I'm curious to see what her prediction on how they go to the future to save the past. Like, why not have them save, go to where all of this goes wrong and they save it. But no, let's go in the future where everything's already wrong and save it. Like, I'm not sure how that's going to work, but I'm curious. Maybe they see. need technology and then go back. And... I don't know. But we're going to find out. So I'm, I'm looking well, forward to it. There are different schools of thought about the whole time travel, you know, paradoxes and stuff. So maybe they can't change the past. So they just have to go to the future to fix it. So that once they've gone from the past to the future to fix it, it becomes automatically fixed or something. I don't know. 
Yeah, you just hurt my brain, man. <laughs> I think I hurt my own brain. I think I tripped over my own brain. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So I'd say overall we're saying thumbs up, even though uh, there are a couple of logic bombs that happened in this episode. Don't don't worry about them. Don't look too close. Uh, it's hard. I, I, I think when you. This, sorry, I was going to say it's hard when you're. This is a series about superhuman, you know, ex- extreme things that are not believable in reality. To not get a couple things that are minor that are a little hard to believe mixed in there and you just kind of have to overlook those and go well they're blowing up planets and they're you know throwing boulders around i guess i can you know forgive that they missed missed this uh, one opportunity or something so yeah i i can definitely forgive any small thing because this has been one of the be- definitely far better than some other recent seasons that we've had yeah this so is i can one of definitely forgive that absolutely all right so thumbs up and for you guys out there, if you have any questions or comments, you can leave them at tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can listen to us on getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.